This month, we want to encourage you to join us at two of our National Prophecy Conferences, our Friends of Israel National Prophecy Conferences, one in Lancaster, Pennsylvania from September 7th through the 11th, and the other one in Winnipeg, Canada, September 27th through the 29th. If you want to find out how you can come and study the Olivet Discourse, the prophecies of Jesus, I want to encourage you to go to foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org to find out more information about our National Prophecy Conferences. Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. Today we are taking you outside of the studio and to the field to highlight a specific Friends of Israel ministry. Today on the program, Israeli pastor Menno Kalisher, he'll join Chris. Stephen, you know this, Menno is such a blessing. He's a pastor to one of the largest Bible-believing churches in Jerusalem, ministering to Jew and Gentile alike and making Messiah known in Israel. Today, Menno's gonna share a little bit about his upbringing as Zvi Kalisher's son and how God challenged him in his faith to become a pastor in Jerusalem. But first, let's take a look at some of the news that's happening in Israel. Yes, Chris, Israeli company SodaStream made a name for itself around the world by offering self-made soda products to health and environmentally conscious consumers. SodaStream provides sodas that have less sugar for their consumers and keeps plastic bottles out of landfills. Last month, SodaStream was purchased by PepsiCo, makers of Pepsi products, for $3.2 billion. SodaStream will remain an Israeli company, CEO Daniel Birnbaum said. SodaStream's acquisition will give the Israeli company, quote, access to resources we may not have had until today. You know, uh, SodaStream really kind of changed the way uh, that people drink soda. You know, and I think it's interesting because Israel is called the startup nation for a reason. We're talking about a country that has less than 8 million people. It's the size of New Jersey and is located in the roughest part of the neighborhood, and yet it has the third most companies listed on NASDAQ. This little country, Israel, is changing the way medicine, technology, and even the way you drink soda is done. Israel, the startup nation, is definitely a modern miracle. I'd like to highlight one thing before we get to our interview with Menno Kalisher. We're often asked here at the Friends of Israel how our listeners can get involved personally with the people of Israel. That's why we've developed the Israel Relief Fund. You know, in just a few short years, through generous gifts from people like you, numerous bomb shelters have been provided in Israel's dangerous areas. Many men and women who were once trapped in the lives of drug addiction and prostitution have found freedom in God at holistic drug and treatment centers in Tel Aviv. Single Israeli mothers and their babies have been given a fresh start, thereby saving lives from abortion. You know, your donation to the Israel Relief Fund helps many people throughout Israel all around the Jewish state. It's really making a difference in lives. If you would like to give to the Israel Relief Fund, Go to foiradio.org, that's foiradio.org, to make your donation to help Israel and the Jewish people. Menno, great to have you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. 
It's a joy. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you too and hear from you. You know, uh, I'm in uh, New Jersey right now. You are in Jerusalem, Israel. You are the pastor of the Jerusalem Assembly. And Menno, for many of our listeners who are listening right now, later they are going to hear uh, a story of your father's, Zvi Kalisher, and the ministry that he had in Jerusalem. And I know many of our listeners are familiar with Zvi through Israel My Glory, through our radio program. And uh, Menno, you're a testimony to the faithfulness of Zvi Kalisher. Uh, being his son, can you share with us and with our listeners how the Lord called you uh, to be a pastor of the Jerusalem Assembly? Well, thank you, first of all. Uh, let's start with, I never dreamed to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I never dreamed about it, okay? It was not on my agenda. Um, I loved electronics. Of course, I loved the Lord. Uh, uh, when I was 17, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But uh, it's not that I woke up every morning and dreamed I want to be a pastor. So let's start with that as first of all. I may say that uh, my life looks like that. Like as if God, when he wanted me to do something, it's like pushing someone from the head of the cliff. And while the person is jumping head on to the water, he hears God say, don't worry, I'll teach you to swim on the way down. (laughs) So (laughs) that's how my life looks like. But let's with that way, God is very faithful. He did teach me to swim before touching the water. So I grew up going to church. My parents, my father and mother took me every week to church. I can really count on my hand the time that I did not go to church every Saturday. Hmm. Um, I was a comfortable kid, really, even if I had a lot of homework. Still going to church and later on at home doing homework. But now when you're 17, I start to think like a young man. And I realized that I need to make decisions for myself. And the question was like this, what is the real difference between us and rabbinical Judaism? They say God, we say God. They believe in the purity of the family, we believe in the purity of the family. They believe in the personal loneliness uh, of a person with two. What's the difference? And then I realized the only difference, and that's what makes everything, is Jesus, the identity of the Messiah. So I wanted to know who Jesus is. And I realized that if Jesus is God, he cannot start from the book of Matthew. He will not pop out of a cake in Matthew, here am I. If Jesus is God, I need to find him in Genesis. Moses wrote about him, I want to find him there. So I bought rabbinical commentaries on the Pentateuch of um, very unique and acceptable rabbis like Rashi, Maimonides, Radak, Adigal, and so on. I bought their books, yeah. their commentaries, and I took a list of messianic prophecies in the Pentateuch. And I simply studied it, the literal meaning. And even as a kid, really by God's grace, I came to the conclusion that when it comes to rabbinical, uh, to messianic prophecies, these rabbis are biased, are simply biased. They pre-designed and decided it cannot be Jesus. Now let's look for something else. And when I saw the written words and what they think about it, it drove me to Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. 
But it's a big leap. I mean, you got invested in, you, you didn't jump into ministry right away as a full-time ministry. You, you worked for Intel. You had done work uh, in the secular world. What was that transition like moving from from it being uh, uh, something that you did as a Christian um, and, and ministering to people, but then moving from the secular world as a full-time job to ministry mm-hmm. as a full-time job? Good. Thank you. So, again... During my time in the Army, I served in the Air Force. After four years, I finished my studies, went to work for Intel. And while working at Intel, I received from the Friends of Israel an opportunity for scholarship to come to study a year in the Israel Bible College that was then. What became, yeah, what became the Institute of Jewish Studies, that's right. Exactly, yes. So I've been there for a year, returned back to Israel, and then we started a Bible study group in the neighborhood where they very good friends, also um, a guy, a missionary in Israel, godly family. And basically together we formed a group at home. And this group, although started just as a home group, did everything like a local church. So after two and a half years, another friend came, another godly family. And remember, those are big pillars, me, little Timothy. And I thank God for them. Mm-hmm. And he came and said, come on, man. If you smell like a duck, speak like a duck, walk like a duck, let's call yourself a duck. That's right, exactly. So exactly, we studied together, and this home group became a church. Menno, you know, this home group grew, and I wish today that I could take all of my listeners to Israel so that they could see what that home group has become over the past few decades as, as you have been shepherding those people. Uh, but, you know, the thing that I, I want our, our, our listeners to understand is being a pastor in Israel is a unique thing. Can you share with our listeners what, why is it so unique to be a pastor, a shepherd um, to, to Israelis and, and, and to believers in Israel? First of all, it doesn't look like a Jewish uh, job description. It's not in the Jewish vocabulary. <laughs> it's, it's a church vocabulary. Let's to start with it. So when you come and tell the, the people, I'm a pastor, are you Catholic? Yeah. I mean, what is this? You need to go back to biblical, Old Testament biblical titles. I'm an elder. Remember Moses? He had 70 elders around him. Now think about it in that way. You need to explain your job description. So as the church started, and we started immediately with evangelism, people came to the church. People came, I don't know to explain, but just simply God's um, provision and grace. So now I'm working full time at Intel, pastoring also a church. It was way too much being also a father and married. Mm-hmm. And each day at Intel, I pray to God. And remember, I love machines, nothing against machines. <laughs> God, will you give me one day that I will wake up in the morning to prepare a Bible study and not fix machines and nothing against machines. Okay. And that's what God did to me. Yeah. God gave me grace and it opened to FOI, Friends of Physical Gospel Ministry, to take me on support. They did my deputation and I was in Israel doing the pastoral job. So today when things are getting hard and I need to cry before God or maybe to think, what am I doing here? I remember the night shifts at Intel when I called God and said, God, will you allow me to start a day with you? Hmm. And it settled everything. 
and I praise God for that. You know, where you are right now with the ministry and and the growth of the Jerusalem Assembly, for our listeners who will not get a chance to get over and to see how you minister to your people and how the church ministers to the community, can you share a few of the ministries that you have going on in the church? How are you ministering to to kids, to to college students, to kids who are uh, young adults who are in the army, uh, to parents, to the elderly. How, how are you ministering to them on a daily basis? First of all, I love them. I come to the church every day, seven o'clock in the morning, and I go back home not less than four, seven o'clock in the evening. So, uh, I simply love the people. Can you imagine that I people come and I love them? I simply love them. That's one That's thing. Right. Um, second, we have by God's grace, after almost 30 years, since uh, 88, it started as a Bible study group, um, there is a new generation. People with their gifts are ministering. Uh, there are more people who are doing here things. We have about four people on a full uh, payroll just working with children. So we have after-school activities for the young adults, after-school activity for the youth for the young youth, for the children. Every day there is something here. And every time they have an activity, it includes hot meal. We have industrial kitchen. It includes hot meal, Bible study, games, everything. The kids, instead of going home after the school, when they have activity, they come to the church, wait a few more hours, go to clean, go to do things. They come home. That's great. Um, And again, teaching the Bible expositorily, with love, with excitement, uh, it's a joy. Menno, you do not lack excitement. That's a, that's the truth. Is you do not lack excitement. And you know what? I want our listeners to know that they can they can listen to your sermons, can't they? They can go to JerusalemAssembly.com. I did it just yesterday and was watching a little bit. There's a bunch of videos up there, sermons that come right from your assembly in Jerusalem. Uh, Menno Menno preaches in Hebrew and then it's translated into English right there in front of you. But I know from being in in your congregation that it's not just it's not just translated into. Uh, English, it's translated into multiple languages as people are out there in your congregation listening. It really is a picture of the church as Jews and Gentiles are together as one, um, worshiping together uh, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Menno, I was reading through our Canadian communique, um, which is a uh, publication that goes out uh, to our audience in Canada that follows the Friends of Israel. And I was reading an article that you wrote last year about a conference that you attended where Israeli and Arab pastors gathered together to find ground on advancing the gospel. Uh, Can you share a bit about that conference and, and what came out of it? Sure. Um, first of all, both sides, if you ask Arab pastors and Jewish pastors, Israeli pastors, we pray one for another and, and everything is nice. But are we fellowshipping enough? And that is not. There is lack of unity between these two groups while we have the same father. So a German friend, mutual friend for me and for others in, from the Jew, Israeli side, the Jewish side and the Arab side, sent us a letter about more than a year ago. And he says, guys, it will glorify the Lord if there will be more unity amongst you. I invite you to Germany, close you in a room <laughs> until yep. white smoke comes out. In other <laughs> words, it's not, <laughs> it's not that everything will be solved in this meeting, but in every time we come to meet, the will needs to roll closer to our unity and to glorify the Lord. We went together. We have listened one to another. First of all, to meet one another, to know about the existence of one another in a better way. And we came up with a document of 20 points that's supposed to improve the relationship between us. 
And I want to say something very clear. None of us came as a representative of the whole body in Israel. Otherwise, there would be more politics rather than anything else. We came on individual level. Each one represents the church he comes from, and that's it. So we wrote up a document of 20 points, which is not a document with a big teeth. It's basically elementary. Pray one for another. Speak nice one to another. Mm-hmm. Elevate one another. And, and the things that I um, encourage is, let's do things together. Shortly after, we invited the youth group of the Arab church to our church to study together, to sing together, to fellowship, to eat together. Some months later, we came to their church and our kids growing up to see one another as brothers, not only as, um, not just to hear them in the news whenever there is a terror activity or something like that. They need to know that they are brothers and sisters. They are praying and calling the same Lord. That's right. So we already did this part and we have a better relationship. And thank God for that. Now, Chris, this coming Sunday, this coming Sunday in about three days, we have the second session in Germany. So we fly until Wednesday and we're going to sit in the same room for three days and discuss issues theologically. What is the issue between us? Why don't we see things together? What caused us to be in both sides of the mountains, theologically speaking? I do not know what this meeting will bring. What I do know that if we come to worship God, if we come to please God and to take Jesus' prayer in John 17, if this is the motto we come with, we should be in a better situation next week than we are today. What an amazing picture of, you know, when the world is looking at Israel and the situation that's happening between the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. What an amazing image of Jesus the Messiah who's able to reconcile a group that the rest of the world looks at and goes, there's never reconciliation that can happen there. And it's in the church where the world should be looking to see that pastors are gathering together to come together on a common ground. There might, There's still going to be differences, of course, but that they're coming together under the banner of Jesus the Messiah. Wouldn't you say that's true? It's absolutely true, and that's what we want to aim. Can you believe what happened to a regular Israeli non-believer who comes to our church and see Arab and Jew singing, worshiping, and studying? It's mind-boggling, as you call it in English. But that's the idea. That's what the blood of Christ is doing. That's what salvation is doing. And they need to see that. And they are, and we're praying for you, Menno. Menno, your congregation is amazing. And as I said, for any of my listeners, I I really wish that they could come over, uh, experience an opportunity to see the body of the Messiah working, functioning, ministering, um, sharing the good news of the gospel uh, in Jerusalem through the Jerusalem Assembly as as Menno shepherds them and leads them and loves them. Uh, Menno, thank you so much for taking time. I know out of your very busy day to, to... to speak to our audience, to let them know who you are, how you're ministering, and the really important work you're doing to advance the message of Jesus the Messiah in Jerusalem. Thank you so much, Menno, for being with us. Thank you for an opportunity to share it. Thank you. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, 
many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Zvi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Zvi. This week, my three older children, Ruth, Mano, and Victor, told me that they were going to a hospital for old people and play their instruments for them. I had some free time that evening, so I accompanied them. I remembered the man who was in charge of the hospital as I had a long discussion with him about a year ago. And so it was that I went with my children to this old folks' home. The first song my children played was from Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8, which starts with the words, The Lord is thy keeper. And then they played from Isaiah 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. The old people were very happy and sang along with the children. You see, every Jew knows these songs. The sad thing is that they do not know the one of whom the songs speak. I was very surprised to see signs on the walls written in large letters stating, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. A year before, when I spoke with the doctor in charge of the hospital, he said, Jews who believe in Jesus are not welcome in Israel. What had happened? When my children finished, the doctor approached them and congratulated them on their fine playing. He asked them to come and play again and said that he would be happy to meet with their father. But when I came up to him, he seemed to be afraid. He said, I know you, but I cannot remember from where. I said, yes, I remember you very well. We were together in the army for a short time last year. He then remembered me and the long discussion we had. I pointed to the signs and asked what had caused the apparent shift in his attitude. He said, things have changed. We are living in different times. He then asked, are you the same? I replied, yes, I am the same believer. I am happy that the Lord is my Savior and that I can open my heart to him in every situation. I believe you, he said. If that is so, I asked. Why don't you open your heart to the Lord? Now you are a doctor, but there will come a time when you must give back to the Lord what he has given to you. The body is nothing. But how is it with your soul? If you do not put your trust in the Lord, you will be lost forever. We are here talking now, but in an hour we both could be dead. Believe in the Lord now. He said, in this hospital, I am the boss. I'm a big man. But after what you have said to me, I can see that if I were to die now, I would be lost. I then gave him a Bible and said, Read this and pray. Then, if you ask him, God will come into your heart. He went on, I'm a very rich man, but I have no peace with myself. Oh, I'm much richer than you, I told him, because I have the Lord in my heart, and he gives me peace. You too can have this peace, but it's only available through his mercy. He thanked me for the Bible and made me promise that my children would return. He said, you are all 
I want to thank Pastor Menno Kalischer again for joining us. Also, I want to remind you to visit our website to find out ways you can tangibly help Israel through our Israel Relief Fund. Again, go to foiradio.org, that's foiradio.org, or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Quickly, again, that's 888-343-6940. And don't forget to join us at one of our National Prophecy Conferences coming up in September. One's in Lancaster, PA, or Winnipeg, Canada. Information can be found at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry has been sharing the love of the Messiah and supporting Israel and the Jewish people now 80 years since 1938. To financially support the Friends of Israel Today radio ministry, visit foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. Again, you can call our listener line at 888-343-6940. You can write to us at FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Let us know where you're listening when you call or write. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg, Red Apples of Gold. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.